That one's that's brutal. That's my constant fear is that I'll I'll get I'll get to that place and then be like, wait, do we not actually have a recording? And then I'm just gonna cry. That's like Yeah. That's like the podcast equivalent <laughs> of when I like will make a whole pie or a cake or something, and then you trip and drop the whole thing on the ground. Something that's happened to me multiple times. Yep, or or like you realize like you added salt instead of sugar or something like that. Yeah, and there's just a, there's just a moment where you're like, this entire thing that I dedicated literally hours to creating is is now just ruined and i just want to die red is just don't buy this red is just trying to make me feel better right now because right before we were supposed why did you not record something no i right before we started i was going to dump a pail of grease uh, and instead i it's it slipped and just spilled all, so our floors are just covered in just beef, beef fat, fat. Like a, it's like a fucking Polish whorehouse in here. That sounds absolutely he knows I'm going disgusting. It. Uh, it's he's, it's he's, like it's when, like when you make like hamburger meat, you drain it right, and it's like, oh, okay, well, just yeah. like like let it cool and then put it in the trash because you don't want to clog up your sink. That's never coming off your floors. That stuff like sinks. I I have really horrible vinyl floors in my apartment in New York, and like that I I did that like one time, but it wasn't like that much, and it's still like a slippery spot. Like no matter how many times I've mopped. Well, jokes on them. We move out at the end of the month. Yeah. That, <laughs> thanks. Works. Thanks for helping Brett out with that one. <laughs> thanks for the solidarity on that one. Where are you guys moving? Are you guys leaving the city? Or are you guys uh, just moving to a new place? We're doing we're doing a, t- huh? a temporary Airbnb outside of the city for at least a month or two. Just yeah, it's still nice. New York. It's just you know. Yeah, I on dude, everyone's leaving. I'm I'm honestly considering about when I get back to New York, like packing up and like leaving. <laughs> like I feel like everyone's leaving New oh, York. You're not you're not here, right? No, I've been gone for three months. I'm deeply worried about that my electricity got shut off in that in that thunderstorm and that everything is rotting in my fridge. If you've been gone for three months, wouldn't things be rotting in your fridge anyway? <laughs> That's what I was say. Well, like, but like sauces, like you know what I mean. Like, think, like I threw everything out that like would be because I was only planning to go a week, and then I've just stayed for three months. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, never come back. You're in the Pacific Northwest, right? Yeah. In the yeah. summer, no, I mean, going, like I'm, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous here. It's so fun. It's been it's been great. I can go outdoors, like without you know having to like be in like fucking plague world as much because there's like fifty cases in this county. I mean, yeah, you should come back to New York uh, at the end of September, beginning of October, just in time for our big uptick because it's coming. <laughs> Do you think we're having another one? <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh, Sweet. I, I mean, honestly, is a COVID doomer. Like a hundred percent. I'm not a COVID doomer. It's it's it's. Tell me, try right now, just as a, a, a generative <laughs> exercise. Tr- give me a version of your COVID take that is more bleak than what you have. Like, if you aren't a doomer, explain what a doomer would think that isn't what you think. A doomer would think we're we're every single person's going to get infected with it. I don't think that. I just think we're going to have another wave in the north, especially the northeast, because it's just. Uh, the waves are basically tracking where you're indoors the most. Like it's in the sunbelt right now because everybody's inside because it's too fucking hot to go outside. And AC is what spreads it. The minute uh, it becomes less nice in New York and the, to the entire Northeast corridor and people are inside again, the HVACs will spread it and you'll see a big uptick again. I mean, even just schools opening already. Uh, it has only just started with the school opening thing, uh, especially big colleges and stuff. And you can already see it on on the little graphs. Like for South Carolina, cases going down, cases going down. Uh, schools and universities open, sudden spike just in the last week. But uh, the same thing will happen in the Northeast as well. It's just going to follow the route of uh, wherever people are most indoors. The Part of the reason why it dropped off in New York is there was like 
really good mask discipline and everybody just went outside because and stopped staying inside that's no longer a possibility and the mask discipline has fallen off do you really think it can be spread through hvacs and like acs and stuff like that no yeah that, I, that is i had never thought about that no no i'm saying oh like that is like the main God. way it spreads because uh that, that's one of their main things they've come up with over the summer is that like it's 100 percent aerosol um, it, it's worse indoors because you're in a confined space, breathing recirculated air, uh, and the AC units and HVAC units are just spreading it through those indoor spaces, which is why like the outdoor thing is a, not to say you can't get it outdoors. It's just like a dramatic fall off, um, versus so them telling us to stay inside kind of backfired. <laughs> oh yeah. No, at the beginning. Well, they had no idea. That was also remember when they were doing the like fucking New York at the beginning of the plague was so ridiculous. They were like. First of all, stay inside. Don't touch things. It's all over. It's all over stuff. And if you touch it, that's how you get sick, which is bullshit. That's, that's not how you get it. Uh, also, don't wear a mask. They don't work at all. Like, again, that that is blown up in our face, hasn't it, guys? Uh, but yeah, it's it's they're, they're Fucking stupid shit. epidemiologists. What do they know? <laughs> Idiots. They're imperfect science. Yeah, gather even, some more information, dipshit. I wasn't even epidemiologist. That's media trying to <laughs> yeah, come up I'm with a definitive. my knowledge base. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. That's the problem with having Nobody to, was interested. Problem with having do to do a definitive statement. That's the problem with the fucking media, though. You got to do a definitive statement of this is 100% how it works instead of just being like, we don't know. This is what we think. You're like a guy calling into like Patriots Radio. Like, I'll tell you what, if I had Tom, if I was running routes for Tom, here's what I'd be doing. I wouldn't be like Edelman. Yeah, if you were running the epidemiologist department. Didn't they even admit that they were telling people not to wear masks at first because there wasn't enough in the United States? Yeah. And they like were just like, yeah, we like knew that and like we knew masks would help, but like we couldn't admit that because like no one could get them. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't lie to the people in order to protect our garbage supply chain. I feel fairly confident on that one. Yeah. I have seen you lie to people just because it was 1.51 a.m. at a bar and that's those stakes. I imagine if you were president of the United States, you'd find a way. <laughs> that was even president. Oh, was, he didn't even talk about the mass stuff. That was fucking Cuomo and de Blasio and stuff at the beginning. Yeah, right now I'm just a segment producer at Vox, but, uh, you know, I got to get up early, so we should probably get out of here. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to Dumb and Awful. This is Brett, everyone will this board. This is Rob uh, on Twitter, at Dumb and Awful, and today we're joined by... Babs, uh, at Cowgirl Bebop. So when are you, if ever, coming back to New York? After my mom's birthday, which is in two weeks, and then I'm like finally just going to, because I've been putting it off coming back forever, I'm just going to come back and then try to see if I can find a job, which I probably can't, and then... Uh, I might just move out here in the spring, to be honest, because I am in a better mind space here. So yeah, that's normal. I can go outside and exercise and do normal people things. At one point, I didn't leave the five boroughs for like seven consecutive years. Like I, I oh didn't, I didn't know what a tree was. I also took no vacation days because you know the war in Iraq. 
<laughs> it was a real fucking pain. I didn't realize until I left how crazy making the the city actually made me and like now i'm out here and i'm just like wow wait i can like go outside and like you know see like animals like live it's it's really like in- enjoyable which is just i kind of didn't expect myself to become this suddenly like oh i think i'm really over fucking new york this is my so. big frustration as somebody who moved here after a bunch of other moves is i keep trying to explain the like my feelings on new york are like yeah they're they're like they're kind of complicated Wow, you're halfway to an Atlantic article. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, are they in this essay? But there's a lot of, like, there's positives and negatives to it, but there's a lot of, like, really bizarre, terrible shit about this city that when you try to talk to people who've been here for a while, they act like you're crazy for being like, you guys all live like dogs compared to the rest of the country. It's disgusting how you're treated here by every landlord. The fact that, garbage disposals in a sink is considered like ooh la la fancy like that's some ritzy shit uh but every every local person just acts like you're absolutely crazy and i'm realizing it's because none of them ever go anywhere else (laughs) (laughs) they'll go to like a different borough and call that like you know the traveling or like go upstate for a day but like yeah that's what i noticed as well and then also like um like vents for like when you're cooking like things that suck up all the air I hadn't really seen one of those until I started like coming here and going to other houses. I was like, that's normal here. Everyone's like, what are you talking about? Of course it is. And I was like, what? Like, yeah, you don't have to air out your apartment every time you cook bacon for like four days. Like, the other day I was literally out on the balcony uh, just frying bacon because, there, yeah, there's no, the smoke <laughs> just accumulates and my neighbors are just looking over and I was just looking at them and just a seven foot tall fucking Slavic man apparently phantom frying bacon on his balcony <laughs> what's that oh me oh yeah it was uh, the fucking spam calls go through the computer because i have google fi oh i was wondering I, well, I don't want that internet <laughs> brett wants me to get google fi uh because like i'm done with t-mobile now i just my i like my bills racked up so i called them and i was like okay, um i want to i want to cancel this like you're charging a i'm paying like over a hundred dollars for shit service i don't want this service Jesus. anymore and they're like well you have a past due balance and i'm like okay well can i cancel my service and then i'll pay you the past due balance you know as i have it they're like no you can't cancel until you pay your past due <laughs> it's like i can't uh. cancel <laughs> the th- i have to keep accumulating the past due until i get rid of it what if I just stop paying altogether? And they're like, well, in, in two months, you know, you will lose the number and it, it you know, it might go to uh, collections, at which, at which point, you know, you'll start receiving calls in the morning and all that. And I'm like, how am I going to receive calls in the morning if I don't have a phone? <laughs> and I lost the number. I, I just hung up and I haven't thought about it since. So uh, I've given out my number a, a few times on, the, on this program. Uh, and like past episodes as like a bit uh, please don't call that anymore because you're just going to get some like poor woman in Rigo Park <laughs> <laughs> I am no longer responsible for that when you want to let someone know that they're a dumbass for not standing Kropotkin or whatever the fuck that's very much a, the problem of a family of six now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's why you should get Google Fi what's so it, is, is that just like the, the- is that, that just the Google uh, voice thing? Like, uh, yeah. So like, Google has their own um, 
Google piggybacks on like three other networks to offer their own phone service um, for any of their Google specific Android phones that they have. Uh, and it ends up being way cheaper if you don't use that much data. And because it's always searching for Wi-Fi to run calls over, uh, it almost never uses as much data. So like I pay half on Google Fi what I used to pay on Verizon. Um, and wow. it, it worked seamlessly. I went to Hong Kong, I turned on the phone and it was like, yeah, we got a signal, no problem. Just seamlessly internationally as well with no additional cost. So I just want to, I'm dope. just going to go downstairs to the, like the local cell phone guy and just be like, can I just sign me up for whatever SIM card or whatever that the folks over in Hezbollah have? Because it seems <laughs> like all of them have like five phones and they're broke as shit. So whatever plan they're doing, just put me on that, please. I do miss my like pay as you go burner type phone that I had in Germany. It was great. You would just show up and be like, I don't know. Here's how much change I have in my pocket. Put that in minutes on this. And then you would just use it until it was out. It was I don't great. need minutes. I need data, but I'm pretty sure the Hezbollah plan has that based on <laughs> how many of them like show up in the comment section of any Estonian model on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in um, uh, the Czech Republic, I, I, my cell phone got stolen because I was really drunk at a bar. And Good. I did I'm that glad same that happened to you. <laughs> you have to respect the Czechs. <laughs> they're they're scary, gnarly people, dude. Like really, fuck. They're really gnarly. They refuse yeah. to speak English to you. We were we were in like a smaller Good. town outside yeah. Prague, and yeah, no. And then I took I took the train 45 minutes to an address that I had written down of like a cell phone store where I could get a new phone, and it wasn't there. So I'm like just hungover, sad, crying in like the heat. And I just go up to this cafe and I'm like, please tell me where like I could go to get like a cell phone. I'm completely lost. I don't know the city. And they just looked at me as this American. And they're like, fuck you, figure it out. And I was just like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I kind of respect them for now in hindsight. Like, that, like good. I didn't, I didn't know a single like, like drop of your fucking language because who the fuck knows Czech? Uh, probably like 40 million people. <laughs> <laughs> that feels high. Okay, fair, 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 but no, that's the, you know. the cool thing about the the Czech people is they don't have like the hangups over here where if some just histrionic white girl comes running up to them, they <laughs> they don't have to help you. They don't have to care. They yes. don't. <laughs> that was like the first time I like had realized like oh shit like they don't care the fact that I'm like this like American girl. They they do not care. They have no opinion on if Red was a good album. <laughs> <laughs> The Germans were like that too. They don't want to talk to you or interact with you. And it's like, yeah, good. We're on the same page. I also don't want to interact with you. Like, let's yep. let's keep this as short and to the point as possible, Germans. International geopolitics, 1900 to 2000. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Poland. I think that'd be cool. Like, there's fancy Slavic places like Prague. And then there's just, I want to go to Katowice. I just want to, I just want to sit on a, a bus bench and never get on the bus. <laughs> I'm surprised that you haven't been. That's mostly what I think Polish people do. I've talked. I've looked on like 4chan, and they have like a, a Polish uh, thread every once in a while, and it's just all people going like, "It fucking sucks here so hard." <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's nothing even really to complain about specifically. It's just like <laughs> getting trapped in a gray cumulus cloud that never passes. <laughs> Especially now that. You know, as of like, I would say an hour ago, I have graduated from my pupil phase. I'm now, I've exited the chrysalis and I am a fully mature adult pole since I have now successfully <laughs> shaved my head and have a gnarly beard. I've, I've become oh the final God. form. 
I am now the Slavic that really butterfly. Is the final Slavic form. Uh, Slavic form. I move fifty percent really slower, is. but I can detect a leak from thirty-two meters. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be fixing it, no. But I can tell you, it's. I can tell you something's up. Uh, all cigarettes just dangle from one bottom lip at all times. I look like if Jocko Willenick got into gaming. <laughs> like anytime he opened up a Steam sale, he was just like Crusader Kings three, only one dollar. Good. <laughs> Final Fantasy seven remastered. I said good. <laughs> Is that on Steam? I don't know if that's on Steam. <laughs> when Eris died, that's good. <laughs> uh, Code Red Mountain Dew and Cheetos while I game. Good. That's the thing that gets Jocko taken out, like uh, Chris Kyle is ruining the death in Final Fantasy VII. He's <laughs> a lone incel gunman, like, I supported you until here. I've been betrayed by my heroes, Jocko. Reusing that red Gatorade bottle for pee and just never moving it until it finally spills and it causes your wires to start to, like, catch on fire. Yeah, that's basically yes. what being a sniper that's is excellence. like. That's excellence. That's <laughs> excellence. See, I'm I'm like a girl gamer, so I don't have that privilege to be able to just to like you know do that. This and is internalized just not misogyny. Move from one seat forever. <laughs> you just I, did internalized I, misogyny. You should be a, a Counter Strike <laughs> Go pro on ESL right now if you believed in yourself. But that's patriarchy. <laughs> making making gaming more accessible to women by giving them a a, a catheter. <laughs> <laughs> that's the progress that Joe Biden will bring us. <laughs> I watched that clip that you that 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 you told me to watch yesterday, and I the got speech. home. I watched it dead sober, and I listened to this man try to say social security for forty five times unsuccessfully, and I'm just blown away every single time that he says sure sure security. It's just it's mind boggling. He did a speech in Pennsylvania at the beginning of this week, uh, nominally to talk about riots and violence in the streets, and oh. Biden try his hardest to piss off absolutely everybody because it was a whole bunch of like all violence is bad uh any sort of riot isn't a form of protest I I, I don't respect anything that's not voting right or or standing peacefully in a spot that we can ignore you from didn't, didn't he like teach as his central parable the time that he he dipped a switchblade in water to get it rusty so he could go out there and threaten a black man yeah like what isn't his whole thing like sometimes you got to confront him with violence or you don't come back what is he talking about? Oh, yeah. Well, that doesn't apply to you plebes trying to get things to be better. He literally both sides this. And, like, that's, like, what liberals were screaming about after uh, what happened in Charlottesville. And he literally said both sides have done bad things. Like, he oh, yeah. literally basically said that. And it's just it's just incredible that he can just say that without realizing, oh, wait, maybe this looks really bad upon me. But then again, I guess the liberal voting base actually does believe that. So uh, The response was less, I like what he's saying, and more... The, the weird pathology that, that Dems have now because they've been trained for the last 15 years to pretend they're fucking pundits and being like, well, I disagreed with some of the substance, but I think this will play well to the, to the white suburban voters in Ohio. And it's like... Who are voting for Trump. Just tell us what you <laughs> think. You're, you're not all fucking pundits. It doesn't have to be punditry bullshit. Uh, it's funny to watch a Biden speech each time uh, responding to Trump because Trump just by catering to his base, like he always does. That's what all of this always is, right? It's just him catering to his base, trying to fire them up. Biden, in every attempt that he makes to try to counter a talking point, 
inherently has to fracture his incredibly tenuous coalition of fucking everyone because that's who they think they're going to get everyone in the political spectrum we're going to get warmongers we're also going to get anti-war protesters and it's like no probably not you're not going to get all those people but anytime he has to respond to trump he's forced to constantly fracture his coalition same with this one like you, you had a whole thing about blm and how you give it you give a damn about this during the dnc and then you turn around and you say like any form of political violence or, or any sort of looting in response to literal police slayings is unjustified fuck you needs there to be no progress because the democrats are in no position to actually pass any of these reforms which is why they didn't they killed all the reforms that came out of the first wave of of protests yeah and, and so he knows that what has been going on has been getting a lot of attention and uh really shaking up the status quo and in, in a somewhat significant way and so let's get back to just uh pussy hats and sitting in the street from 12 p.m to 1 30 p.m where we won't really feel any pressure to do anything. That's like his whole thing. Like, like he, he very specifically wants a return to normalcy, like a return to the Obama administration, which is where Ferguson happened under. And like, obviously we saw how like Obama handled Ferguson as well. So like, he obviously is very much preaching the idea that he does not want anything to change. And that I think is what is going to be a, maybe possibly a losing strategy for him because the majority of people that did end up voting for Trump were unhappy in the first place. Like, I, I think that is his strategy, which makes it so funny. Like, that I have this I, I, I have this brain worm now where, like, you'll, like, watch the news or read an article. And they'll, like, there's a whole cottage industry of political commentary as people going, like, if Biden's going to uh, win the hearts of leftists, here are five things he could do on day one. And it's just, like, he he's doesn't care. <laughs> he's <laughs> not all. going... <laughs> He's not going to do that, dude. Like, it's just you go to NY Mag or fucking BuzzFeed, Slate, TPM, fucking even Jacobin. It's just like, well, if Biden had my priorities and liked or cared about my existence at all, here's what he should do. It's just so fucking corny. I have the brainworm now where I, I can't stop thinking of it, of like a dude who's like, if Kristen Ritter wants to fuck me, here are five things she could do right now. She doesn't want to. <laughs> She doesn't think about you. <laughs> Whoa, did Kristen make a, a misstep on this Instagram photo? How's that going to play with the people she doesn't think about? <laughs> wow, she's been pounding up with some black activists lately. Not so sure about that one if she's looking to win the me sweepstakes. <laughs> Shut the, f no one's interested. He doesn't care. Nobody, he doesn't care if you live or die. He ran explicitly on, I don't give a fuck about the left. I, I was going to say, it kind of reminds me about like when uh, uh, Macron was running in France. And since he was like, you know, uh, uh, c comparatively to like some of the other groups there, he was the most like center option. And that's why a lot of like the big people uh, in, in Europe and other countries were pushing for him because they were like, well, he doesn't care about the left. Like I remember those articles like specifically. And it kind of reminds me that they're just doing that exact same thing with Biden. And, you know, it's... Uh, it's just, well, it's Kristen exciting to see now, people who still care about it. Like, like if you're a leftist, they will never care about you. The DNC does not fucking want you. Stop caring about them. Like Kristen has a partner now, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop <laughs> trying to pull her my direction through, <laughs> through ways that I have now been informed are not legal and must cease. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the the leftist stuff whenever they do that too is always so desperate because it's them trying to rationalize like well i'm gonna support him but here's what he should be doing uh, and again he doesn't think about you or care you are just trying to make yourself feel better about the fact that you're voting for someone who explicitly does not give a fuck about you or your priorities. They're writing about the Biden campaign like it is Benioff and Weiss mismanaging the like final seasons of Game of Thrones. They're just like, well, I'll, I'll tell you what they need to do to get people back on board. It's not a show. You, you, It's not about adding viewers. He has an actual ideology, yep. which is neoliberalism, and he's executing it. And at no point is he going to self-sabotage for the sake of your pet political issues like the climate horizon approaching all of us. Exactly. He doesn't I mean, even, care. Even then, I don't even think he has, besides just a generic, I like being friends with other politicians and f passing vague neoliberal policies. I don't think he actually has true ideology. Like throughout his whole career, he just sort of goes wherever. Like there's no, I don't actually think there's a specific policy that even like the Republicans passed that, that you could find Joe Biden being like, this actually deeply offends me. I don't think such a thing exists. I think the left well, has policies that deeply offend him, but I don't, I don't think there's anything. There is an idea of Joe Biden, but I am simply not there. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he, he, he in fact agrees with the, I mean, the, the, that last speech was basically him just coming out as an open mask off conservative. I mean, at this point, the lines are so blurred between, you know, uh, what used to be considered a liberal and what used to be considered a conservative that, you know, it's just, it's crazy how, how far right we have shifted. Like, you know, I mean, at least Obama faked pretend that he cared about some of these issues when he didn't. But like, this is just full the Dems are just Gingrich Republicans. Yeah, I, I know, like, you can't watch politics if you get angry at hypocrisy. But it's been amazing. <laughs> it's been amazing to just see like libs be like that MAGA looks fun. I'm going to give it a shot. The logo or <laughs> the motto is build back better, which is, again, just more nostalgia bullshit. Uh, all that like woke mental health stuff. You know, right now, Strokeahontas is trending because we're owning that fat. He's also fat and gay. He sucks Putin's dick. Orangutan <laughs> in chief. It's like the same it's with the illegal wife who doesn't speak English properly. Yeah. Who, by the way, Wait. is Russian. We're doing racist. Yeah, we're just doing straight up. Just what, what's the term for like anti-Russian sentiment? Just good sense, uh. huh? <laughs> no, but, no, we're, we're like. Uh, we are genuine, like liberals are like a step away from being like, I mean, I don't know. Would you trust a Russian person to volunteer as a poll worker? Would you feel comfortable if you walked into your polling place and saw a Russian managing it? They're already saying that about leftists. <laughs> Do you really want uh, a Chinese CEO <laughs> of a major American company? Fuck, that is the next one. That's the liberal step. They're hammering China yep. so hard. Yep, they are. His latest sick own, which was labeled Savage AF by a 57-year-old man from the Lincoln Project that <laughs> enabled war crimes in Iraq, uh, was he was he was sh shambolically passing off a, a pair of pizzas, his forearms shaking under the weight to a local cop, and some Trump guy on his car was just like, hey, nice to see you out of the basement. And he went, hey, don't jump, buddy. <laughs> don't jump, huh? Oh, careful there. Get it? Because suicide. It's funny. Hilarious. Yeah, he's like, because he might have been committing, he's jumping to his death. Very woke. <laughs> it just, it, it irritates me that they, they do this shit and then immediately turn around online and tone police. Just uh, uh, no reason to ever buy into that or Biden. Oh, no, fuck no. I, I, in the middle of a speech about how anyone who is against state violence and dares to do anything besides vote in order to express that discontent, 
He went out of his way to be like, by the way, I love fracking. I will never ban fracking. Trump claims I'll do good things. He's full of shit. Don't believe that liar. And, and now we're getting like Washington Post opinion pieces being like, why is Trump going after Biden on fracking? Well, he it seems like he flip-flopped once, but he didn't actually. He's always been opposed to banning fracking. Uh, and, and we know that he has a supposedly aggressive climate change policy, but he doesn't seem to have any interest in actually pursuing any sort of ban on fracking or oil development or coal mining. Like, oh, oh, thank you for clearing that up for me, Washington Post. He's a, <laughs> not going to do a goddamn thing to help us in the middle of climate catastrophe. I appreciate that. There's also a story that said like, around fracking with all the deregulation and I guess tort reform shit, they just have been dumping straight uh, fracking runoff into rivers. Yeah, they have. Like in, in Tennessee or whatever. They're just going like, yeah, whatever, we'll pay the fine. I don't drink this shit. It's, it's Well, that one guy did drink that stuff that one time. <laughs> yeah. Who? Uh, the, the former governor of Colorado drank fracking liquid to, to prove to you that it's actually perfectly safe. He's actually more brave than Obama. <laughs> Democrat, by the way. Obama went to Flint and took like, even with his prop glass, he could only really like suckle on the end of it for a second because he was so afraid of it. That's an amazing clip where he just comes out and everyone's like, Barack Obama, we love you. Woo! And he's like, I'm thirsty. Let me get a glass of water. And it's like, oh, it was like a stand-up <laughs> just slipping in a slur five minutes in. Like, you had it and you lost. <laughs> now the whole audience hates you. But your pot, your Patreon is skyrocketing. <laughs> <laughs> the whole justification for the fracking thing, in case anybody's curious, is uh, besides the fact that Biden is completely beholden to all of the people ruining the world, the fossil fuel companies, it's because there are jobs associated with fracking in Pennsylvania and Ohio specifically, and they're afraid if they say we're anti-fracking, people will go, oh, well, okay, you're costing us jobs. What are you going to do? And since he has no plan to do anything for you economically, we can't afford to be against a thing that might cost you a job now. It's very much uh, Clinton in the 90s with coal. They were against coal. They fought against it. As a result, a ton of people lost jobs in the Clintons basically told him to fuck off and uh, learn how to code. That was sick, though. It was, but I, I mean, the, the, the lesson they quote-unquote learned out of that was, well, you just can't oppose the bad thing. It's, it's just justified, but everyone knows, like, Java and Unix for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a world worth working towards. Yeah, I appreciated that he, he felt the need to steer. Now you put down that Raspberry Pi there. <laughs> it's a small personal computing device, USB size. It's good for Bitcoin. <laughs> Among other things, you can automate little things too with it. It's cool. Do they do fracking in Vietnam? No. They don't do fracking. <laughs> I'm getting, no, this country fucking sucks. <laughs> I think it's only us in Canada, to be honest. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, almost I'm, no one does fracking. It, it, it literally creates earthquakes. What other fucking country is that stupid? Even Putin has said, I just looked this up, even Putin has said that they have 30 fracking sites right now and Putin is shutting them down. So, you know, maybe this is a conspiracy for... Uh... Well, that's why we can't shut down our fracking. It's clearly a Russian conspiracy to shut down our, our beautiful fracking jobs. I just, I, want, I just want to be like 75 miles northwest of Ho Chi Minh City, just in, in like some tropical hut just stuffing my mouth with popcorn like yeah dd mao yeah yeah <laughs> yeah what now <laughs> oh don't mind me i'm just watching not a care in the world empty head just smiles 
Well, be careful. You'd have to probably step over a bunch of bombs that our country fucking didn't detonate that are just lying around that entire region. So, you know. Yeah, that is sort of the argument that, like, you know, if, look, if you're in the Imperial Corps, you have to stay here and figure it out. Help steer it into the ground. Which, you know, I, I, yeah. that makes sense. But also, like, what is it? Third worldism or whatever? MLM. I still don't really world. understand that 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 full concept. To, to be honest, I've not to lose my leftist credentials, but I've never quite understood when people say what third worldism is. I still don't quite understand. There's almost certainly like a thousand dorks right now, just like fucking Google it. I'm not going to. <laughs> I think there's I gonna get be it. So, there's when when this episode drops, there's going to be a bunch of people with with Mao Abbey's uh, in my DMs just trying to explain it to me in five paragraphs, and I'm not going to fucking read it. If you can explain it to her in one paragraph, she will read it. You should DM her. That's what she's telling you. <laughs> and closing my DMs right now. <laughs> I, I kind of like, I, I, I kind of get the argument a little bit though, just because like maybe people here just aren't programmed to actually like push towards socialism. Like, like there's supposed to be a give and take to things, right? Like mm -hmm. in, in a romantic relationship, you're supposed to be like, you know, giving more than you take for it to be like healthy. If you're both doing that, great. Or like if religiously, you know, the idea is like it's not about taking, it's about being selfless and making the world a better place, most of them. And it just feels like we're so consumerist here that even the people who are like, you know, ham sick uh, hoodie and all that shit, they're still essentially, and it's no fault of their own, it's, it's me I'm talking about, we're all just consumers. Like, we've grown up as consumers, and even when we want to do socialism, it's because we want to take from it. We want to see it. It's a, it shocked me how many people, since me and Brett over these last couple of years have been trying to learn about leftism. You know, it shocked me how many people really are into it because they're expecting it to be set up by the time they're, like, 35. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's just, it's hard to stay committed if that's your belief, because as soon as things start to indicate that maybe that's not going to happen. You just like fall off. And I think there's a lot of to this like APIB mentality, which is, well, I was in the honors classes and I read all the books and you, you work hard, you go to college and then you get a good job. That's sort of the American dream. And some of that has suffused the way we think about a political project, which is just like, well, I've done, I've, I've done all the homework, so where's my fucking treats? <laughs> yeah. Why isn't socialism here yet? What, I have to like go to a meeting or like wait in line outside of a fucking Knights of Columbus space so we can do a fundraiser for a DSA chapter where I hate half the people, but we do rent relief? It's like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> you kind of do have to yeah, do that. Yeah, that is kind of what yeah. it is. It's just fucking frustrating. I, I think that's actually extremely true, especially about the fact that people just think I, I, I myself, even like with like some some small organizing that I've like participated in, in in New York has been a lot of people just kind of saying like, well, you know, if you read this, then this will happen. And I think it's it, you're right. It is a much bigger project for that. And I think that is I don't know if that's some of the online culture as well that. I think maybe seeps into it where it's just people scolding each other about you haven't read this, you haven't read that, which I don't see as much nowadays, but I, I, I don't know that that is kind of an interesting concept. It's, it's, I think there's less of that. I can tell you when me and Brett were starting out, there was like one podcast in particular when we we're like, yeah, we're, we're going to try to like, you know, we're trying to explore leftism and we figure we might as well record it. So maybe other people can sort of come on this journey and, and figure things out. And there, there were people like, Bryn and Chris from Beep Beep were literally like, hey, no, we'll, we'll come sit in your living room and we'll answer any questions you have. No problem. Like true comrades. And I remember there was like one podcast in particular that was like, um, 
if you're doing a podcast, you should be a teacher, not someone learning. Until you've God. actually like made your way <laughs> through a project and shown your dedication by reading and understanding everything that's come before, uh, the you're just doing damage. Which is also not pedagogically accurate because learning is, excuse me, teaching something is the best way to learn a thing as well. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely fucking stupid. And, and yeah, it just feels like there's a lot of that. But you're right. Like, uh, I'm, I'm sure... I'm sure a lot of that is just good people, but it's one of those things where like when you build online communities, maybe you just attract people that live online and those are the worst yeah. people. I, I have a hard time committing to the idea that like, no, you got to stay in America because we're going to turn this thing around. I think America is just going to collapse on its own no matter what anyone does now. <laughs> yeah. COVID sealed that deal. COVID absolutely sealed that deal. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, like me retweeting your Rosa Luxemburg makeup concept. Maybe that's going to be the thing that pushes us over. I don't know. I haven't read all the books you yet. You don't know until you do it, man. It's very true. <laughs> Doubter. Yeah, so that's probably what third, third worldism is, so I won't be looking anything. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. That's right, folks. All we do is is, is theory here. <laughs> give another one? Otherwise, I'm going to transition. No, no, I don't. I see you reading. I just want to make sure. Oh, no, I was just staring at the middle distance, my eyes vacant. <laughs> it just happened to be in the direction of we have this big pad where what it was supposed to be used for is like clean bullet points of like, hey, topics to maybe talk about on the pod. And what I actually use it for is uh, walking out in the middle of the night, scribbling what is like scribbling what would be uh two on the nose for carrie matheson uh, all over the fucking there's eight different colors and then using none of it when i actually get to the episode uh, and then he tells me not to read it ahead of time so i don't know the bit i don't want to spoil I, these great bits there's no bits and i can't understand his writing to begin with i get up in the morning and i, I look at it and i just go like what the fuck is this <laughs> Just illegible notes from a serial killer. Nobody gets them but you. Do you guys have string? I'm concerned if you guys have string. I don't think string would be a good mix to this. We don't. I've considered getting him string just because I think it would be funny. <laughs> I'll post this. I'll post this uh, for the Patreon people just so you can see how fucking dirt. It's not even legible. I don't know why it's, it's up. This has failed as an idea. <laughs> it would work. You have holes to hole things up there, but... I have I have things like like it, it just says, uh, do you think Epstein had loli, <laughs> or, or do you think that's for pedophiles that can't seal the deal? <laughs> that's a bullet point. In case that came up in in our conversation about Marxism, Leninism, third worldism, that's there. Because like Osama bin Laden had anime games like. Epstein, wouldn't you? Like, just uh, I don't know. There's probably all sorts of. It doesn't matter. Fuck it. <laughs> just like maybe some on a DVD in case Dersh comes by or something. Like I, I don't know everyone's predilections. These people are fucking ghouls. <laughs> I'm sure Dersh had some though. Yeah, for sure. There's absolutely no way. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was past tense. I'm sure Dersh still has some. Yeah. <laughs> now it's just probably on a different hard drive somewhere hidden. Find find one person. Uh, I, I would defy to find one person that would tell me uh, this girl is not Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> so Biden did his speech in Pennsylvania. And one of the things that besides it just being right wing and terrible and him struggling to speak because he's uh, mentally failing 
ancient old ghoul. No, he just has a stutter. That's all. Is if your pilot if your pilot behaved exactly like Joe Biden, you would have no problem, right? <laughs> you get on that 777 and Joe Biden's there, you're like, "Wow, that guy really has a non-problematic stutter. Let's take to the skies, champ. Fly this plane." <laughs> your surgeon rolls in right before your brain surgery and he talks like Biden. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure you go like, yeah, I, I'm going to need a different doctor right the fuck now. No, but so part of the, one of the other things that was ridiculous about it is he's in Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania as of the 31st Monday, which is when Biden spoke, uh, was on their last day of their eviction moratorium. And the governor, who's a Democrat, uh, Tom Wolf, Tim Wolf, whatever his fucking name is, uh, said, you know, I, I don't have the legal authority to extend it any further, which is such a hilariously dim concept to be like, well, I don't see it written in the bylaws that I'm allowed to do it. So I guess I'll just stop myself from doing a good thing uh, and just going, well, I guess, unfortunately, that means uh, many hundreds of thousands of you will be homeless in the next week. Good luck. That was the state of Pennsylvania on Monday. I was going to say it would be funny if it actually was Tom Wolf telling people uh, about the homeless <laughs> crisis, but he actually ironically did write a book called You Can't Go Home Again. So my, my MFA knowledge has made me less funny, as has always been the case. <laughs> uh, so the eviction moratorium was was expiring, and Biden comes to Pennsylvania in the middle of an economic crash, uh, where things are not great in Pennsylvania. Uh, right before the eviction note, right before the eviction moratorium uh, lifts, and a lot of people get forced out of their homes, and says nothing about any of that. Right, the whole conversation was about how you shouldn't be rioting. People who are about to be homeless, please don't riot. It was essentially the tenor of the conversation, considering the context of the location and time, but. That's no longer the case because the Trump administration is now saving people from evictions. Yep. The, the CDC and HHS put out a notice on September 1st, on Tuesday, saying no renter, regardless of what kind of unit they're renting, can be evicted from here through the end of December. So nobody can be evicted until 2021. There's an eviction moratorium across the board. You just have to state a few things about how either, one, you got one of the stimulus checks earlier, or you are making under $100,000 or you're expecting to make under $100,000 this year, just basically like, I'm not doing great. Uh, I am trying to pay what rent I can as I go. And you stand Luna. Oh, <laughs> Dr. Fauci loves that Olivia. Hay, <laughs> and who doesn't? Uh, and you he actually said she could safely spit in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the last one was uh, you expect to become homeless or actually have to double up. Just like having to get roommates is enough of a reason uh, to get the moratorium. So Trump administration uh, actually doing something for the material interest of regular people. 100% cynically, of course. Yeah, uh, it's 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 just a win. But like, I mean, it still is helping like the average like working person. So, you know, I mean, we like we really shouldn't, you know, Trump is a horrible, evil person, obviously. But this is good for us, even though it's coming at just from him trying to get reelected. I mean, it also raises the question if we all can agree that like, well, he's just doing this because it'll help get people to vote for him. Well, then what the fuck is Joe Biden, the Democrats doing? <laughs> Also, what's yeah? What sort of weird critique? Oh, pfft, this is classic dirty pool. See, he's he's behaving politically in a way that will encourage people to vote for him. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> That's disgusting. We the Dems would never do such a thing. We only act in a way that would discourage you from voting for us, and that's how we know who our true fans are. You have are. a moral obligation to vote for me. 
which is, <laughs> is a hell of a thing to tell someone on a cold call. But no one in Biden's campaign is doing any outreach. They're just posting through it. Oh, yeah. I know you mentioned earlier, Rob, but did you see Banoff and Weiss actually have a new project, finally? When I name-checked them, it was 0% hoping that it would become a segment. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? Uh, the guys who make Game of Thrones, the two oh, the two showrunners. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Because they were originally <laughs> supposed to do this like really terrible sounding show for uh, HBO. Then HBO dropped them after the final after season Game of, of Game of Thrones. Yeah. After Game of Thrones wrapped, Netflix has them on some big retainer to produce a bunch of stuff. Uh, and the first thing they gave them is the Three Body Problem, which is like a super popular sci-fi trilogy. Yeah, I mean, if they're not writing it, then it might be okay. I don't know. Or, or to be honest, or do I care? I'm at, I'm at the point where I just, I'm barely even watching TV anymore. I'm just trying to just ignore everything that's going on around me by just playing five-year-old video games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Oh, by the way, apparently Rian Johnson's helping them on this for some reason. I don't know. This is really just the perfect storm of creating posts on the internet about intellectual property. Like, this is prestige television with the guys from the Daenerys show, uh, with the, the guy from the Star Wars, and you hate all the creators, but it's a, it's a good uh, original story, I, I assume. So you can just drive that tension into a thousand think pieces, reacts, and fucking reviews. It seems to be an idea. I mean, I like Rian Johnson outside of Star Wars, but... Yeah, it does seem to be like if you throw enough names at it, because there's a whole paragraph of like, and the Brad Pitt's production company is helping out in some small way. And it's like, all right, well, clearly you just signed a bunch of big name producers in order to get this pumped up, right, in the media. Uh, it, hope you get a few think pieces out of it, and then you move along. I was telling Rob the other day, like one of the nice, quote unquote nice, one of the, the weirdly positive things about Netflix um, is because right now we're in like, streaming the part of digital streaming that is actually the thing the capitalists always promise which is competition will make it better for consumers right we're, yeah. we're right on the crest of it where it's starting to get worse because it's getting too um balkanized and there's, and too, there's many too many small, of them yeah yeah and there's too many small options but like we're basically still in the stretch of like it is better for consumers in that uh for one nobody has ads on their platforms right like it's a one small price there's no ads. The reason there's no ads is because they can't afford to do ads because Netflix will never do ads. Netflix established that digital streaming does not have ads on it uh, for a quality experience. And if you put ads on your platform, it'll be shittier than Netflix right off the bat and people won't join, right? So it's one of those things where like only because of that competition of Netflix existing and doing those sorts of things, uh, do you get to have a streaming service with no ads? Same way that like, by existing uh, and switching over from the the old school system where it's just a bunch of old white dudes at C CBS and NBC deciding what you want to watch for your kid's morning show or what you're going to watch is primetime television. Now it's Netflix just being like, I don't know. Uh, weirdly, we put up that one anime uh, and it got really popular. So I guess let's order like 50 more of those kind of things and see what happens. Right. Like they they. They don't. They have no attachment to the creative venue. They just want more shit people will enjoy. Brett's literally just been watching some high school slice of life anime about cooking in a stadium. Oh, which there's awesome. eight seasons. Which of one? Wars. I Wait, Wars. I, that's the next one I'm gonna watch. I, I that's I, I usually it's don't like so slice good. of life, but I, everyone says it's it's a really good slice of life. The, the the inherent problem with all food television of any kind, 
is that the person who's watching it cannot taste or smell the food, right? All we get is the visual indicators and some audio of like whether or not the person's enjoying it, which is why they always do these like exaggerated tastings and they're like, mm, oh, it's so amazing, right? That's, <laughs> that's why like the concept of food porn existed because they are acting as if they're in porn where it's like a totally overacted version of pleasure. And the Food Wars anime solved the problem by <laughs> doing really dumb vignettes for every good dish. First, everyone moans and their clothes get ripped off it's, if the flavor's amazing. While they do some <laughs> like, while they do some like DBZ style, like, oh, the flavor's overpowering. And then, and then it cuts to some like, whatever the vignette is, like, blow after blow of flavor. And it's some dude beating the crap out of the, the person tasting the food, right? Like, that's the vignette. Or it'll be like, oh, I feel like I'm in a beautiful meadow. And so it's the person in a meadow and then a prince picks them up and the prince has an apple face for some reason because there's apple in the dish. Like they they really, they really like went out of their way to try to create some sort of artistic expression to visualize how a dish tastes, which is hilarious. Also very horny. Like that is the horniest part of the show by far. It's It's genuinely uncomfortable in segments. But what I love about it is it is the most technically accurate food show I've ever watched. And they teach you more on that show than I've learned from any other venue about cooking. It's fucking incredible. I've been watching a lot of uh, Top Chef because I have no uh, no no taste in in the media I consume at this point. But um, yeah. I've, I've I've been learning weird like little words and phrases just from watching that show. So Food Wars will teach you like genuine things about how to cook. The first three episodes, there's one where they teach you like, oh. There's a thing called protease that's in certain things like honey or pineapples that will break down meat faster. So if you put on the meat, it'll be tender. You're like, oh, well, that's a, like, I can immediately use that. Thank you. <laughs> that's a great tip. Uh, there's a whole episode where I learned about the entire history of soba noodles. And I was like, I didn't know any of this. This is awesome. I thought it was, I thought it was crazy. And I talked to other like food obsessed people that I know, chefs and stuff. And they were like, I've learned more from that show than I did from cooking school. <laughs> like okay so i'm not i'm not imagining it it's unbelievable when it comes to like transferring food knowledge and doing it uh in a medium where you're like enjoying the narrative as well it's so good i'm gonna start watching that then because there's another show uh that's like kind of slice of life called uh kaguya sama and it's uh, similar to that where they do vignettes but it's like two high school students flirting trying to like not do that but it's like they'll like be avoiding each other and it's like world war ii planes trying to like crash into each other it's it's cute i, I like that that kind of vignette kind of kind of comedy thing that you see yeah it's nice i'm used to uh the only anime i've seen are ones where like tons of people die and it's always life or death stakes <laughs> and it's so nice for yeah. this one for like they do food battles right um, which allows them to do similar anime tropes where they have like tournaments and all the other bullshit. But what it's so nice is like afterwards, it's just the other person tastes their food and it's like, yeah, that was really good. How'd you do that? And you're like, oh, that's just <laughs> delightful. Like that's just nice. The only the only slice of life anime I'm familiar with is uh, the uh, anime called Chobits because I was oh, at. Oh God, I watched that and that is such a horny show. I've not seen it. I was in Orlando Megacon. Uh, in 2003 with some friends and uh, an acquaintance of ours approached someone and said, you like Chobits? And she was like, yeah, I guess. And he was like, good, because I like Chobits in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and that stuck with me. I never watched the series, <laughs> but I never really let go of that moment. 
<laughs> I I watched that show as like a fourth grader, which is way too young for that show. And um, it's basically about sex robots, personal computer sex robots that it's do not consent. It's very, very problematic. <laughs> that's yeah. not slice of life at all. <laughs> no, that's a, Somehow that's anime can like misconstrue that to be slice of life. But, you know, it, uh, anime is weird and has a lot of iffy problems when it, has, when it talks about uh, age of consent and uh, just consent in general. So, Oh, here's a fun random thing that I actually learned from Bourdain. The whole reason that the category of tentacle porn got created was because you couldn't do regular porn. And I it was, watched that oh, episode. I was blown away yeah. by that. I had no idea. It was literally just a subversive way to do porn. That's the entire reason it was created, because you could not draw penises. That's Maybe you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, you tell me I can't draw a penis, I'm going to draw it ten times harder. <laughs> <laughs> like, the dick, like, like the dick is going to be ten times harder, or you're going to just press down on the paper ten times harder? <laughs> Thank you for highlighting my wordplay. I am a genius. <laughs> Sometimes things go over people's head, and I need someone to explain it to them. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that Tom Wolf thing before. That was genuinely spectacular. <laughs> I, I know I played it cool, but in my head I was like, I can't believe that. That fits perfectly. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, don't engage in politics. Watch Food Wars. It's a, it's a more delightful outlet for your time. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, this has been Brett at Willis Board, Rob at Dumb and Awful, Babs at Cowgirl Bebop. You can listen to more of me um, at Radio Free Labor as well. Yeah. And we have bonus episodes on Patreon if you want to check those out. Uh, Patreon.com backslash dumb and A&D awful. Uh, and I'll have a cooking video up for the patrons hopefully by by the 9th or 10th. That's what I'm shooting for at the latest. Uh, and then you can join us on Discord, chat and bullshit with us. And then lastly, if you want to help us out some other way, um, subscribe, rest review on iTunes. Shout out to Pakistan. I know we've fallen down the charts, uh, <laughs> but you know it was never never going to be permanent. Uh, and I, I continue to thank you uh, for your support. <laughs> All right, all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming, Babs. No problem.